On today's episode, we discuss beta number three, Apple Music's impact on the iPod, and some other stuff. It's episode 10 of Magnificent. I'm Ian Fuchs, joined by our usual suspects, MacTrass.com senior editor Chris Houck, and Utah's foremost bacon expert, Jay Glenn Kunzler. Hey guys. How you doing, man? Foremost bacon expert. Wow, that's a the, the keyword is foremost because I always go for the most bacon. <laughs> so have you tried the Arby's BLT? Ultimate. Not just the BLT, but Ultimate also the beef beta. and bacon and the ham and bacon, both of which are pretty delightful. Brown sugar crusted bacon, BL- guys. Is the BLT really that stacked? It's not not as stacked as they want you to think by the commercials, but it's got it's got probably a dozen little half pieces of bacon on there. I'll tell you what, that commercial came on the other night, and my wife and I were watching TV, and the second it came on, both of our jaws like hit the floor. And I was like, that is so much bacon. Oh, my God. You wanted it, didn't you? As much as I hate fast food and eating crappy, the second I saw it, I was like, I have to have that. Oh, yeah. And then they were like, it's coated in brown sugar. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to have that. (laughs) Arby's is one that I feel a little bit less guilty about because at least it's not literally dripping with grease. You're going to a different Arby's than I am. <laughs> That's going to say, oh, yeah. I'm not sure they do the same way in Arby's. In ah. Utah, maybe there's something with the Mormons or something. But uh, I don't know. Ours, ours, um, it's, you got lucky. There's lots of sauce on there, but it's not terribly greasy. Just, I go for the Jamocha shake. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Love the Jamocha shake. You know, it, I used to love Arby's regular French fries and Jamocha shake, and I would honestly dip the fries in the shake. Because I'm disgusting, apparently. Well, that's not disgusting. You, that, that, that's uh, best done with a Wendy's Frosty. For me, well, that, that too. That's what, that's what Julie did Friday. We had fries, and she got a Frosty, and she dipped them in the Frosty. But I'm so let Gotta down do now. Because Arby's cut their regular fries from their menu. Like, well, I guess, yeah, they only you know, have the like curly 10 ones. 10 years yeah. ago now. But still, those were like the, my favorite fries ever. Although I had, those curly fries are the bomb, though. I had low standards for French fries growing up in Iowa. It was like McDonald's or Arby's or Wendy's, and I was like, well, Arby's are the best. I've grown up a little. <laughs> now I realize that... <laughs> Barely, but a little. <laughs> Mostly out. Mostly out. Jeez. But, Haven't we all? But, uh, yeah, I'm sure, yeah you, uh, you, you're just huge compared to both of us, yeah. Yeah. You got a little ways to go. Yeah, Ian, you're such a fatty. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. We're mean I'm, girls. I'm gonna, calling him a fatty. I'm going to go eat my feelings at Arby's with a giant BLT. Oh, suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> that, and, and that's the quote of the day from today's episode. Suck it up, buttercup. Perfect. So, uh, You were right. It would It would just come like magic. You were right. Sometimes they'll just happen. It just happens. So, Shit happens. Little little bit of follow up from uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about advertising, and since we're on the subject of Arby's commercials, I figure this this fits here too. The new iPhone commercials that Apple just released this week or this past week um, are fantastic and hilarious. If it's not an iPhone, it's not an iPhone. That's called logic. That's mm-hmm. it's something, but they're 
they almost feel like Apple hired Samsung's marketing team to come up with a tagline because it's totally it's like as close to snarky as it's close to snarky as they've gotten. It's it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. And what is it? Two different ones. One's about how the hardware is made for the software and the software is made for the hardware and that's what makes an iPhone special. The other is 99 out of 100. Uh, something like that. Or is that the, is that the thing? I, I don't know. I don't know what the other one's called, but the idea is it's just people, all these faces, and everybody loves their iPhone. And because if it's not an iPhone, it's not an iPhone. And if you have not an iPhone, you don't love your phone like you love an iPhone. Yeah, the official tag on the on the ad is loved. Loved. Ninety nine percent of people who love an iPhone or have an iPhone love it. The hundredth guy's probably that fifth dentist that doesn't recommend sugarless gum for his patients who chew right. gum. That'd be my theory, but he just doesn't yeah, like anything. That guy. He that's, doesn't. The, that's the guy that ruins the Christmas party every year, right? He's like, "Well, I won't recommend dentine," and all the other dentists in the room pick a fist fight with him, right? <laughs> that's what makes the Christmas party so much fun at the <laughs> dental academy, because they get to work on each other's teeth the next day, repairing the damage. <laughs> there you go. Business security, right there, guys. Yeah, it's the circle of life. Perfect. So, other big news. I think that's that's all I had for the follow up. Was that Apple has hilarious commercials, and mm-hmm. uh, ninety nine out of a hundred dentists love their iPhone. I think. I think that's what we all got from it. Yes. All right. Perfect. So, um, so other big news from last week. Apple finally, thank God, released beta three. Of iOS nine and Watch OS two and El Cap, um, which it's it's the uh, El Capitan. It's the best thing to happen to iOS nine, Watch OS two, and El Cap since WWDC, uh, in the words of I think Johnny Ive parody on Twitter. And finally, my iPhone and Watch are both usable for a full day, which is a good start. Nice. Yeah, it's always handy. Um, some performance improvements allegedly, although I don't know that I've noticed those. Um, Spotlight seems to be a little more on to the, um, I guess, proactive intelligibleness on iOS. It's starting to actually recommend apps based on what I've used recently or what I used previously, and I was telling Chris about this before the show. It's to the point now where when I'm at home, it just always has run keeper and it's like, Hey, do you want to go for a run? I'm like, dude, I just got, I just got back from the gym or I just got back from a run. I do not need to go on a run now. So when it figures out that once I've used the app for the day, that's probably the end of it. Uh, hopefully that's, you know, kind of a, the end of it. Yeah. This was the first iOS nine beta that I installed on my iPhone. I've had it on my iPad air since number one. And I have noticed uh, better performance in spotlight being a little smarter on the on the on the air sure. and glenn has also joined the ranks now of beta softwares correct he is one Absolutely. of the cool he's the cool kid i am hip i am so hip did you guys uh do beta three or did you guys That's do the on. developer beta or the uh public beta because the public beta also came out last week yeah, I, I understand the, the build numbers are basically the same are they yeah, which is good. That means uh, that means it's developed enough to be 
relatively safe. Right. And I, I see a note here. I don't remember if I had or maybe Glenn added it about the public beta. Well, that has to be Glenn. All right. So here's yeah. This this is gonna be my this is gonna be my gripe. Um, okay. So every rants. time, every time Apple puts out a public beta or even a developer beta for that matter, we seem to run into this problem of entitled punks going onto the app store i thought that was your title or have we went on from that or that I, i'm was, a certified entitled punk. that was years I, I, ago yeah i, Apple I have gave higher level punkism title. guys i'm a higher level punk i, I agree i agree I'm i like give the you that. punk guru i will give you that you are king punk people go onto the app store and they leave bad reviews for apps because it doesn't work on their ios beta how ridiculous right yeah, um, stupid. They don't realize that developers literally cannot update their apps for iOS 9 because Apple has not opened that up yet. They can't submit an iOS 9 app. To file a one-star review against an iOS app or a Mac app on the basis that you chose willingly to run beta software and now your favorite app doesn't run flawlessly, that's ridiculous. If you can hear this message, don't. Do it. It's the most ridiculous thing you can do. I do seem to remember, and maybe this is just me, and this has obviously doesn't change the fact that people shouldn't leave bad reviews. If you're on not the official release software, like, and I've seen comments, people shouldn't even be allowed to leave reviews. I agree with that. Um, exactly. But I do remember... I think um, I, I like one of the suggestions that uh, Federico Vatici made over on Mac Stories. And he suggested that Apple should just block the developer builds or the public beta builds from being able to leave any kind of an app review at all, which I think is very appropriate. I saw somebody make a, a comment that kind of shoots that one, though. For me, uh -huh. I rarely would leave a review on the computer or on the phone. I would uh -huh. do it on the computer because... I type faster on the computer sometimes and I just, mm. that tends to be where I would do it. So you could actually have the beta software on your phone and leave the review on the computer and still leave it as of iOS nine. So there's a little bit of a gray area there, but well, sure. But that, that requires a heightened level of uh douchism, I think. Right. Well, that would fit. You have to be literally twice the douche. Well, so that, so that, that, that would be why I would spur the it. moment douches. <laughs> You're just a single douche. Okay. Um, but I do remember last year, last year, iOS 8 beta, or yeah, betas last year, a couple people snuck in app updates before iOS 8 was out that fixed iOS 8 things. Even Ooh. if it wasn't like, oh, here's new feature. Like, obviously, they can't add an app that adds side by side for the iPad. They can't add that feature yet because it's not available yet. But if something's broken, they could, in theory, fix it. Like, uh, Unikey could obviously fix it so that my front door works when I try to unlock the door. Whatever cool. that change in whatever is, they could update, in theory, and have it work. Without, without actually saying, this is our iOS 9 supported update. This is just a bug fix that happens to also fix my front door. Mm -hmm. So. <laughs> Not that I'm upset not about it or not that it's it's something that bothers me a lot but no, not at all but i'm really tired of using my key 
Agreed. So, um, other other newness within iOS nine beta three. Apple Music came to iOS devices running the beta software finally, which we'll get to the whole Apple Music discussion in a little bit. Um, it also brought Apple Music or the updated icon to the Apple Watch, which I'm still not sure how I feel about the new icon. I really liked the red just because it stood out because it wasn't white. Um, but I don't think I have a lot of choice, so <laughs> I'll deal with what I get. Um, yeah, be happy. Be happy, Ian. Uh, a feature that, that Glenn sent me screenshots of this morning. This morning? Yesterday? This morning? Yeah, this morning. Yeah. And said, hey, check out this. Activation lock is now on the Apple Watch, which is fantastic because... That was one of the big initial complaints. What I want to know is how... So you lock your watch, but it has to be... like I guess I don't understand because it has to connect to a network to do anything. But if it doesn't right. know the network, it really can't do anything. So there's no, like, find my watch... So does it does oh, it basically just prevent Let's it from see. being rest- reset or restored? Let's find out right now. I'm going to go ahead and lock my watch. I hope it just resets and loses everything you have on it. <laughs> so usually when you got to the point of entering a passcode, you could force touch and get to a reset, and it does not look like that's possible anymore. So now I'll, I'll go to the off screen and see what happens. Device locked. Erase all content and settings, which is fine. I'm backed up. Connect to power source. It, yeah, it's. I think I'd have to connect it to a power source before I can do that. And it's still probably going to let you do it. So, I, I'm not sure how it works yet, but in theory it works. Which, maybe at some point Apple will release a. I don't know, maybe like a, a video or a a knowledge base article or something that says, Hey, when you lose your watch or whatever, and you do this activation lock, here's what that does. So I, I connected it to power. It's, it's allowing me to erase it. I guess we'll see what happens <laughs> when it comes back up. I hope you didn't have a whole day's worth of progress or a good July going in the activities app. Nah. because. <laughs> yeah. Way to take a hit for the show though. Appreciate it. Taking one for the team. <laughs> For what it's worth, I've yet to have a, a solid month according to my watch and according to the activities app, but I've hit every month so far on getting all of my days. Uh, but I've had to restore my watch or do something with my watch every month or phone every month, so I've lost a day's worth of progress. So I'm just absolutely irritated that I don't have that full month badge in my awards collection. Well, we know it's there. I, so. I, I, like up here, I know it's there. But then, like, on the phone, it's it's not. And I say up here and point at my head because I just realized this isn't a visual podcast. <laughs> it should be. It's, uh, it's all right, Ian. We believe For you. three of us, it is. The rest of the f- listeners, no. So, um, while Glenn watches his watch clear itself out. Yeah, it's taken forever to reset. Uh, other new things. The news app finally makes an appearance in beta 3 in the public beta. And with that uh, is the loss of, and obviously it's been gone since the first beta, but something that now it's replaced, I guess, the newsstand, which was your home for magazines. Uh, Now you have the news app, which is basically just a fancy RSS reader that's built into the system. 
and it it does a nice job of presenting content. I know there's some cool layout things that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys think it's going to come to the Mac at some point? Because to me, like, I I do a lot of like news reading on my computer, like I do it on my iPad and my phone, mm-hmm. obviously from time to time. But like, if I need that like three to five minute brain relax while I'm at work, a lot of times I look at news. And mm-hmm. to have it on my computer would obviously be really convenient. And there's also something that disappeared from a Mac from the Mac. I don't remember if it was in Yosemite or if it was in. Uh, Mavericks before that, but the Safari as an RSS reader or using RSS, I think you could even used to do it mail at one point. Those have been gone, so it kind of would point to maybe using the news app on a Mac as an RSS reader. Guys following that? That's curious. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a possibility. Interesting. So, other little things that popped up in the beta. Uh, this one I found on Reddit. In Safari, if you press and hold on the refresh icon on a web page, it brings up a little pop-up at the bottom that allows you to refresh into desktop site or request the desktop site on refresh. Which is very, very cool. Super cool. Although I liked in iOS 8, you could just tap on the address and you got that little screen that came up. And if you pulled down, it gave you the request desktop site. In beta one and two, they actually buried it away in the the share extension sheet. How do you get the uh, mobile version back? Good question. Well, actually, if you just refresh the page, go back in there, go back into the app. I had uh, Apple Insider and tried it with because I knew they had a mobile version of it. And I requested the desktop, then it wouldn't come back. I refreshed it a couple of times, still desktop. But now I just went back in the app and we're back to the mobile. Well, of course, because Safari doesn't hold the cache for more than, you know, 30 or 40 seconds if you close the app. Because for whatever reason, Apple insists that one gig of RAM is fine. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, eventually it just has to refresh the page and clear out its cache to its thing. Um. Another awesome feature, and you it also request desktop site is in the uh, in the share pop up. Sure, so. but but now you have that other little Easter egg of a way to do it. Right. Um, also brought to iPad in beta three is the command tab switcher that everyone uses to well not everyone but a lot of people use to switch between apps on a Mac. Now it makes an appearance on the iPad if you have a keyboard connected. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I need to try that. That looks pretty cool. I I didn't think I would use it, but the more that I've used my keyboard, the more I hate having to switch apps because I always have to find that home button key. Mm -hmm. That more or less takes care of it. And we're back to one step closer to using your iPad and as a as a laptop and. So it's slowly but surely getting there. So now they're going to add all these features to the iPad. And after complaining that the iPad and the iPhone were too similar, now we're going to get to the other side of it and be like, oh, the iPad and the Mac are too similar. So you only need one of those. Hmm. No, I don't think we'll ever get there. So they're quickly talking themselves out of being a platform, perhaps. I think they're, they're trying to make it 
literally the best of both worlds. It's the best of iOS meets the best of Mac and trying to find that like that perfect center line to kind of make it its own distinguished. So here's thing. an update. Um, so the watch comes back once you reset it and oh, it prompts fun. you to pair. So let's see what happens. Hopefully something interesting will take place here. And you're sure you actually turned on the activation lock from the Apple Watch menu first, or Apple Watch app first, I, right? I sure did. Okay. That's okay with hate. And yeah, uh, it prompts me for an Apple ID and password before I can, uh, before I can activate the Apple Watch. There you go. So that's uh, that's handy. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. That was a good saga. That happened over the Ooh, course of. Very nice. The course of a whole season. Good job, Apple. Now, if only there was a way to, you know, track your lost watch or display yeah, a message. Yeah, that would on be it. nice. Like the whole lost message, please call me. It's got to be possible as long as it's at least as long as it's within range of a network it's connected to before. Or you would think when it when it hits that phone, because I'm assuming you tried to pair it, and when you tried to pair it, that's when it came up. Yeah. So when, when yeah, when I tried to pair it, I get a screen just like the one on the iPhone, but black. It says activate watch, enter the Apple ID and password that was used to set up this device to continue. So there would be a great place where they could let you through the phone put a message, and when that comes up, give you a chance to put a customized message in. It's like, please return this to its owner, Jack. Yeah. Like Jack. <laughs> Book you thug. <laughs> so. That's very handy. Good to know. Enjoy your freshly restored watch. <laughs> don't forget <laughs> to add your beta profile back to it. Nah, you don't have to. Once it's added to your phone, it automatically does its thing. Really? Mm -hmm. oh, my, mine wouldn't show the uh, beta 3 update until I put the profile back. Oh, interesting. So, um, a change that I noticed the other day that doesn't happen to go with... Um, Beta 3 of LCAP, but actually goes with iTunes 12.2, which came out last week, week and a half ago, to go with Apple Music, is that you can now, in the AirPlay menu in iTunes, play to multiple AirPlay devices at once. So if you had an uh, Apple TV mm -hmm. in one room, or an Apple TV in two rooms, or an Airport Express in one room, and an Apple TV in another you can play to both of them to create that like Sonos home whole home speaker thing. Does it work with video as well? I don't. I only have one Apple TV, so I haven't been able to test video to both. Well, I might have to give that a shot in the store and and see what happens because we've got like eight of them that we use for digital signage. So I I, I used it for music and it worked pretty well. Uh, there's a a second or two delay between them so you couldn't like walk from room to room to room or create like zones of your house and as you walk have the music be perfectly seamless but it's not mm -hmm. bad and that certainly could improve it's a beautiful sound whatever it was what was that trivia crack <laughs> just took care of that i haven't played that in years you just won. I think. Well, guys, this, this whole resetting process has changed now with the, with the betas. It's it's almost exactly the same as resetting an iPhone. You have to choose 
whether to enable Siri, you have to choose whether to enable passcodes. That's basically all the standard prompts that come with an iPhone now uh, are prompts when you're setting up an Apple Watch. Wow. That sounds like very a, cool. Sounds like a pain. Very, very cool. I have, it's, it's not a pain any more than restoring an iPhone is a pain. I have to say, restoring an Apple Watch, I felt like, took way too long for me. Yeah? And updating also took way too long. Although, I... I Partially blame that on Wi-Fi at home. Partially blame it on my Wi-Fi at work. Um, at one point, it said it was going to take 20 hours to update. That whole like update over Bluetooth thing seems a little ridiculous. Why can't the update download to your phone and then push to the watch instead of downloading through your phone to the watch all in one process? It seems I was like... able to finish out the update in about 15 total minutes. It wasn't too bad. When I finally downloaded for me, I think it took about 50 on like the tenth try of updating. Yeah, that would be pretty jarring. Like it was a full, full day plus before it finished. But now that it's updated, battery life is fantastic. Things aren't crashing all the time, so. Just delightful. I'm. I'll take the twenty-four hours of attempted update, and I'll take that in trade-off for a functioning Apple Watch. So. Um, another thing that, uh, has come about is the Apple music only works on the latest generation iPod touch. I don't know what number that is. I think it's like six or seven, fifth. maybe fifth? fifth. Okay. I was way fifth. off. Yep. I want to say fifth. Okay. So yeah, it is fifth. Apple music only works with the fifth gen iPod touch. Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Okay. That's what that I, th- is correct. that's what I thought I had read. Um, so what does this say about the shuffle, the nano older iPods? Is this just a, a push by Apple to get everybody onto the new iPod touches? Is there something coming around the corner? Is there, is this their play at, well, if you want to listen to music and not use an iPhone or an iPod touch, then you have to buy the music. Where's the, uh, the push here. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense to me. I mean, only Wi-Fi capable devices um, and devices capable of handling um, iOS 8.4. Is the Nano, the new Nano, not Wi-Fi capable? No, it is not. It is oh, Bluetooth no. capable, okay. but not Wi-Fi. Okay, I knew it had Bluetooth. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was kind of all in one. Although it would be nice if it could, you know, Bluetooth to, to something that you have if you have an iPhone and still use Apple Music. But then you have an iPhone with you. Why wouldn't you just use Apple Music on your phone? You know, because maybe you... Oh, yeah, you got a point there. Damn. You stumped him. (laughs) Curses. Foiled again. Mark that on the calendar. So uh, (laughs) You get one of those. July 12th. (laughs) Glenn has been foiled. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think the idea for me is you're using one of those devices you didn't pay a lot for the device in comparison so right. you can afford to pay for the music i guess hmm. and there's always going to be that crowd that just wants the music and just wants it on their device right. wants to download it they don't want to deal with the the streaming they just use a certain playlist right. or a certain set of songs for their jogging or they're working out and that's it yeah, and you can still download the matched uh, the matched music that you download that's true True, Still but you, if if you pull music, so this is one of the things that gets a little weird about it. If you 
if you use Apple Music on your Mac and you add things to your library and they're Apple Music DRM tracks, you still can't add them to those other devices. So then you have to be really careful about this is music that I downloaded and paid for. This is music I ripped from a CD and this is music that I added to my library through Apple Music. Are you music. sure you can't use those tracks on other devices? You can use the, you can only use them on Apple Music capable devices. Ooh, that seems like an oversight. So if, if, even if you pull it for offline use on your Mac, you can't move it over to your iPod Nano or your Shuffle because they don't have the ability to play that DRM protection. I'll bet they fix that. I think it's intentional. Yeah, it seems like an oversight. It, uh, it's got to be an oversight. If, if they allow the matching, they've got to allow it on iPods. If, if it's a matched mm-hmm. track that you had already, you can put it there. It's the things that you want that aren't something that was previously in your library. Well, I guess that makes sense because then uh, if it doesn't have Wi-Fi, it has no way of telling whether your subscription's still active. Exactly. That's true. They have no way of shutting off, yeah. Yeah. So I think Interesting. that's... Interesting. Because otherwise somebody could, in theory, get a whole mess of, you know old iPods or whatever and just start downloading music and dumping it onto those and stow away, you know, like an archive of iTunes on old mm. iPods. Like this is I- iTunes A through AR. This is iTunes AS through <laughs> We're going to steal 1 billion iPod shuffles. 1 billion shuffles. How many songs are in iTunes anyway? Or better question, how many songs are in Apple Music? Because I know that that number is a little well over smaller. thirty. Well over thirty. Yeah, well over thirty. <laughs> good, to, good to know. Because I know I listened to more than thirty songs yesterday. So, so, so that's that's a good segue. Um, f- following with the iTunes or Apple Music theme, and listening to music, Chris, tell us how Apple Music has changed how you're listening to music. Well, it's definitely changed how much I'm using a certain app for, you know, it's drawing on my battery. I sent that to you the guys the other day. I usually, in the past, I've usually showed maybe 2 or 3% battery usage for the music app. And I think, was it Friday? I was up to 22%, something like that. Um, the main thing for me has been music discovery and finding out more about certain artists just from playlists. Um, I was t- like I was telling you off the air, uh, a singer that was big when I was a kid in the 60s was Roger Miller. He did a lot of novelty songs. He was mostly country, but he crossed over into pop music, so he was big in the 60s. Uh, King of the Road, um, England Swings Like a Pendulum Do, can't think of the real title. But anyway, you, if, if you've heard commercials, you've heard his music over the years. And so I knew he had quite a lot of hits, but when I looked at the uh, Roger Miller All About Her or whatever it was there in for, in the For You section. Intro to. I, uh, there you go, intro to. Thank you very much. My old memory just wouldn't click. I found that he had written, oh, for want of a better technical term, a buttload of songs that other artists had made hits over the years. Had no idea he had written them. I mean, this playlist they had had at least 40 songs in it, and I'd say only five or six of them were actually hits that he had sung himself. The rest were by other artists. 
And I just thought that was cool. And it, it kind of also led me to, oh, well, yeah, I forgot all about that singer. And then I went off on a tangent with them. And it, it's just for somebody who has a little bit of ADD, like I do, I kind of bounce all over the place. Uh, it's a fun thing. It, it's just really, like I said, it's, it's led me to be using almost a quarter of my battery for Apple Music during the day. And this is from someone who used to mostly use it for listening to podcasts and playing games. So it's definitely increased the way uh, I'm listening to music and changed the way I'm listening to music. And the those amount. bastards will probably be getting fourteen ninety nine a month out of me three months from now because well, my wife loves it too. So it's probably not going anywhere. It's a pretty phenomenal service. Yeah, it's great. Uh, anything capable of turning the word buttload into a technical term has got to be pretty great. <laughs> well, Ar- Metric buttload. Ar- Arby's offers a buttload of bacon on top of a sandwich. <laughs> it's on the BBLT. The BBLT. BLBLT. Buttload of bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Something like that. So, Glenn, has it changed what you're listening to, how much you're listening, where you're listening. Yeah, it's it's changed at least how often I'm listening. Um, I, I don't know if it changes what I'm listening to, um, except that I think I'm a lot less aware of of what I'm choosing to listen to. I'm letting I'm letting the service dictate a lot of what I'm introduced to and a lot of what I discover at this point. So it's it's a lot less uh, a lot less of a selection process for me. As it just kind of allows me to to roll with it, and uh, it does a pretty good job, I must say, of of finding things that I enjoy. And are you using the the curated playlist? You're just picking one and going with it, and yeah, just kind of it letting it roll. Sure. Uh, I, I've only I can count on one hand the number of times I've had to skip a track because I just didn't like it. I think I could probably agree with that. Yeah. Um, were you, either of you guys big into buying music on iTunes prior to Apple Music? Did, I mean, I, I don't know if that was a frequent thing for either of you. I know Chris, obviously, probably not. Uh, that was mostly my wife would buy mostly stuff like that. If I used iTunes, it was to rip CDs that I'd owned in the past or music I'd downloaded. Sure. I could. I probably over. I think I bought my first Mac in 2006, 2007, whenever the first year was they went to Intel. Um, so I've had it almost 10 years. I'll bet I bought under 200 tracks on iTunes. Oh, wow. If if 100. So You you personally, not including your wife, right? Right, yeah. I mean, she does that in a month. So sure. <laughs> I was like, so actually, actually, the fourteen ninety nine a month will have to save me some money. That, that's kind of my hope. Just knowing how much I've, I, typically for me, there was at least one album a month that I was buying, and most of them were albums I was pre ordering. So that in right. itself was usually between ten and fourteen. So that by itself should take care of the music thing, and then on top of that, I was paying for my Spotify and my wife's Spotify. So somewhere in there, I'm saving money, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I never was a Spotify subscriber or anything. I think I try to, you know, a free period or something. I do yeah. have, I'm a Rhapsody subscriber, but that's just because it's free through uh, T-Mobile. Oh, sure. 
and and I think I've listened. I've had T-Mobile for as a carrier for six months now, and I think maybe I've listened to Rhapsody four times, five times. Just never cared for it. For what it's worth, the uh, first Intel Macs were 2006. There you go. So 2006. So almost 10 years. Somehow I got stuck in that rabbit hole. Had to find my way out. <laughs> Just had to. <laughs> Couldn't couldn't figure out my way out, so uh, I need to know. I have to know. For me, like I said, the uh, the big change in my buying habit is that I'm obviously I'm not buying now, but it's it's going to ultimately I think save me money on what I'm spending money on. Um, it's also changed what I'm listening to a little bit because now I've found a couple different playlists in the for you section where I've been like, oh, this is cool. I like this one song and then I'll look at that artist and I'll end up listening to like a whole album of theirs. Right. Um, but I find that I'm, I'm trying to do a different playlist every time I open the app. So I'm learning and hearing stuff that's different, which is kind of nice. Cause I, for so long I was stuck in the, here's a playlist of 200 songs. I'm going to shuffle through it every time I listen and occasionally I throw a new song in, but I was hearing a lot of the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, that's what I was. I had like three or four playlists that I had set up myself years ago and still was listening to the same stuff when I did load it up. So it's kind of nice to expand your, your listening and and, definitely expand your horizons. And there's, there's a little bit of fun in the surprise of what's going to play next. Which Britney Spears song is going to play on Ian's iPhone next. So yeah, there's, there is that for whatever reason, because it's looking at, What's in my iTunes library, and because my wife and I shared an iTunes library, or at least that's the story I'm going to go with. Um, sticking to I'm sticking to that story. One of the suggested playlists for me is Intro to Britney Spears, and it's literally just a mixtape of Britney Spears songs. Because it's not like she was like featured on somebody else's stuff or wrote songs for someone else. Like seriously, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just a bunch of Britney Spears hits. Like I might as well just buy. Now that's what we call music volume, I don't know, seven. You know, back when they released them, not every other week. So what are they up to like fifty-two now I or something like that? You know, it used literally, it literally used to be like once every six months or once a year, mm-hmm. and yeah. then all of a sudden there was like one every week. It was like now that's what we call music thirty-one. Next week, now that's what we call music thirty-two and that's what thirty-three. We music two hours ago, kids. Right. Here's, here's a hit that was recorded was, this morning. It's now up to the top ten, and by tonight it it'll be a golden oldie. It was like it was literally they would just release a new album every every Monday after the Ryan Seacrest top forty or whatever. It was like, well, here's the top fifteen for the week. Now that's what we call music. Just absurd. Yeah. So, I'm glad that's over. Hopefully that hopefully Apple Music just kills that whole trend. Um. Another thing, I don't know if we touched on this last week. I can't even remember. It's been so long. So much sun. Um, one thing about Apple Music that I kind of found really cool was that there's music videos in it also. And so not only are there, you know, millions of songs out there, but there's like thousands and thousands of music videos in Apple Music that you can now get to watch for free. Right. Um which I thought was kind of a nice salute to YouTube and uh, was it Vimeo? Is that the one? Vivo? Vivo, that's the one that bands. 
put there. By salute, do you mean give the, the finger, finger to? Yeah, that's the yeah, one. Okay. The mm-hmm. the one finger salute. Sure. Yep. They basically said, "Okay, we're gonna take this music video thing you guys have been doing. Yeah, we're gonna put it over here, and you guys yeah. can just f off." Thanks for working on that for all these years for us, guys. So uh, we're ready to take it over now. Now, now <laughs> that people have been been used to using you guys for that, they're gonna come to us for everything. Have a nice weekend. <laughs> so. Loyalty. Yes. Yeah. There was something else that I, I ran into this week, and I was like, "Wow, there was another service Apple killed." I don't remember what it was now. But there's there's a handful of them that Apple's really doing a good job of just stabbing them in the eye, taking their oh, business. Yeah. Um, other things from this past week, I see Glenn added. I think Glenn added. Mm-hmm. Uh Office 2016 for Mac is now available to all Office 365 or paying customers. No, no. Right? Not paying customers. That's the kicker. That's one of the annoying things they've done is that um, they seem to be favoring their Office 365 subscribers over groups that purchase site licenses or individual licenses. So mm-hmm. the standalone version, a it's, it's not going uh, to be available at all until September, which is right. uh, just pretty ridiculous. Would you they guys are definitely like a copy? pushing those subscriptions. Would you guys like a copy? Actually, I'm a subscriber. Oh, there you go. I am as well. Problem solved. See, what are you complaining about? I think there are a lot of people that buy a standalone, though. He just he worries about the little people. You gotta remember the the businesses in particular will buy you know several hundred standalone licenses for their employees because it's much much cheaper to do that than to keep up a whole bunch of subscriptions. Well, don't they have business license subscriptions? They, though? they they have business accounts, and the thing is, most big companies that would consider using a Mac and would care about this probably are using Exchange, either hosted or self-hosted. Um, so either Microsoft is supporting the email system or the company themselves has servers and they're just licensing Office 365. They're going to get this. So really the only people that are kind of stuck out in the wind on it are people who have a Mac who are solo individuals, not part of a company, and who want to use office in lieu of using pages, keynote numbers. So right. they may have bought office for Mac. What was the last version? 2011. Yeah. 2011. It's been, it's been so quite it's a while. It's been forever. And I can't ever keep track. Cause like outlook has its own numbering system. It's so like it's outlook mm-hmm. 13, but the rest of it's 2011. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Apple's weird. Microsoft's weird like that. For their Mac stuff. So, it is a big change. I haven't downloaded it, uh, but I know that I do have it out there to download, and I've debated giving it a try. It's okay. It's, it's not, not great. A, it's not a huge jump. It's more an, uh, a look and feel and an interface jump from what I've seen so sure. far. If you like the ribbon interface they've been using on Windows for years, mm. you'll yeah. be a big fan. Other than that, not much is really new. Right. So maybe I shouldn't upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll just stay where I am. If you got nothing to do one day, go ahead and do it. Sure. Otherwise, cool. screw it. So any other big news for the week? Any other burning topics? Mm. 
Fantastic. So I have I have one more thing to throw at you guys, and then we'll get to our something of the week. Since there's rumors that in the next week or two, we could see new iPods. Do you think it's possible that we could see an iPod with cellular data? So much like the iPad with cellular, where you can put a data-only SIM card in it and use it on, you know, Verizon or T-Mobile or attempt to use it on AT&T or suffer through Sprint. <laughs> um, that you could have that and with that. Because I'm, I'm thinking in the idea of Apple Music where you want to have music accessible wherever you are. Is that a possibility? And then along that same line, will the iPod get any of the motion tracking stuff that they have in the iPhone? I don't see why they would, to be honest. For which um, part? The cellular or the motion tracking? Any of it. Any of it. To me... I can see, I can see the motion tracking, but not the cellular. I, I think they want to push the iPhone and watch combination. Uh, I, I don't think it's in their advantage to market features like that on less expensive devices. But if they go to a, if the new iPod touch does go to like a 64 bit processor, like most of the rumors say, that'll be what the a seven. Probably. Yeah. So a seven had the M seven built in. Well, that's true. Are they, are they, are they going to have a whole, production run where they disable the motion coprocessor just didn't see you know it seems like if one one comes with the other so i could see the coprocessor i don't really i mean the cellular is is always a possibility but i i still think they want to keep that line in between the iphone and the ipod so let let me give you a little bit of my rationale for why i think this might not only apple music but another reason why i think this could happen and why the pair of those two things becomes important Try running with an iPhone 6 no, Plus strapped I, I to your... Tried that. I tried that once. I don't like running. Yeah. <laughs> try, <laughs> try running with, with an iPhone 6 Plus strapped to your arm on a, an armband. Yeah. Yeah. I it, is, it is... It's not a good experience. It is not a good experience at all. And the iPhone 6 is even a little big to have on your arm. But that 4-inch iPod Touch, if it had the ability that you could like hot swap your watch over to your iPod and use its cellular for your GPS stuff that you need for tracking like a run. And now you have it in a more comfortable size. And then it also has access to your music to stream to your headphones and stuff like that. Somewhere in there, I feel like the, the trio of, I have an iPhone for all of my stuff that I need to use a phone for. But when I work out, I could take my iPod and my watch instead. I don't know. It's it's just a, something that's come up now that my wife has the 6 Plus, And I end up carrying it when we run most of the time. Because <laughs> for a 6 Plus on, on a female's arm, it's even more obnoxious than it is on a male's arm. Um, at least for the two of us. It like is her entire upper arm whereas for me it's not quite I guess we'll see in a few days or do they drop or do they drop the ipod 
Is that still an option? They drop the iPod, they rename the iPhone the iPod, and the iPhone name goes away. Because I'm, I'm going to hold on to that one, too. How viable do you think that really is, Ian? Um, that they, well, I, I, I find it hard to believe they would drop the iPhone name. I don't disagree with the fact that you guys both thought that, but I also find it hard to believe that the iPod as a device by itself can sustain where it is. It's, it, it, it's too diluted of features. The fact that there's, there's no way to use it without a Wi-Fi network for so many things anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, just stuff like that makes it I think almost a subpar experience that seems to kind of contradict what Apple wants you to use these devices for it used to be that the iPod was like the fitness device well now they're like well use the watch but you also have to have your phone so I don't know somewhere in here there's there's got to be something and especially if they're going to kill off that smaller iPhone size altogether, you know, in a month or two and get rid of the four inch devices, you know, no more five C, no more five S still available, you know, then they have to do something with that iPod line. And so that, that's the other, the other trade off is maybe the iPhone stays, but then the iPod gains cellular as an option, at least. Glenn in your store, I'm just curious, because this is something I saw when I was in the Apple store years ago. The iPod Touch, do you have a lot of people that buy them for their younger children? I'm talking like three years old, four years old? Uh, no. We not, saw a lot really. of that. I saw a lot of that when I was working in the store a few years back. Mm-hmm. One guy came in and bought four of them because he was a pilot, and he like he wanted to FaceTime with his kids you know, separately. So he bought them all uh, touches, and they were they ranged from like three years old to seven years old. Interesting. And yeah, I saw, uh, and, and there was quite a few people that did that. It was weird. Definitely not a trend that I have seen yet. So who buys them? Mostly teenagers that don't have iPhones. Yeah. Just <laughs> their parents got them an Android, and they're like, "I hate you! I'm going to get an iPod Touch." <laughs> they're rebels. <laughs> Truck drivers. We've had a bunch of truck drivers buy iPods. Interesting. I suppose they're they're all about like their old school flip phones. They're well, it's just that they don't necessarily, you know, they, they want something they can listen to consistently on the road without internet. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like the, the iPod market is dwindling fast. And, and obviously Apple's sales numbers have reinforced that, that the iPod. Oh, it's definitely. Yep. Is, Definitely dwindling. is a very shrinking market and so I feel like there has to be some type of shake up to happen in the iPod area to kind of propel that back to where it maybe should be mm-hmm. um, I don't know what that is and it would also but I suppose it would seem strange to have an iPod with cellular launch without an announcement or without an event so yeah, if it that does would be very it, unusual. If it launches in the next week or two, then it's probably just going to be a here's a refresh. We bumped the processor up. We maybe gave you a little bit. We gave you a 128 option and a new color or something. Yeah, here's a, here's a bone for you guys. One last one last version before we get rid of it. Yeah. 128 seems almost necessary now that they've discontinued the classic. 
for people that want to keep a large music library with them. Right. Well, and then with, with the 128, um, because the iPod Touch does support Apple Music and you can pull things offline, and then it just has to check in with network mm-hmm. at least once every 30 days, that you could, in theory, load up a bunch of music on it and then not have to have... So I suppose that could solve your... Well, I don't have data right now, but I want to listen to music. I want to use the Apple Music thing. I mean, hmm. and it would give you space to really pull down some significant music. Right. Right. It's a fantastic mustache you have there, sir. <laughs> it's getting pretty long. So, uh, with that, shall we roll into our somethings of the week? Let's do it. Chris, I'll let you start since yours is musically related. I think I've actually pretty much covered it. About how I'm pretty much in love with the whole for you feature with for musical discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said about uh, finding out how many artists had written tunes for other artists that were hits and kind of how it just expanded from there and how I found myself listening to artists I'd never listened to before. Um, I'm just really, I, I just, I'm just in love with it and I want to marry it and I want to have it to babies. And we're telling your wife. That's all right. As long as she gives me a piece of the cheesecake she just made that she posted on Facebook. Uh, she's apparently she's apparently, apparently been out there cooking while I'm in here recording. Yeah. It's a crescent roll cheesecake. So, guys, we need to wrap this up pretty quick. Lucky. <laughs> Real quick, do you have a favorite playlist you've stumbled upon uh, in the For You section? <sighs> it's, that's tough to say. I mean, I've been all over the map. There have been a few I've saved. I can't think of them right offhand. Sure. But uh, I grew up as a kid. My mom was from Alabama. My dad was from a farm in Indiana. So I grew up with a lot of country music on the radio. And uh, so I rebelled for quite a few years. But I still enjoy listening to country music. So I'm kind of rediscovering some of the roots from the 60s and 70s that I heard on the radio as a child, you know, and, and tried to ignore. Which but is, which I find myself knowing the words to the songs. Very different than rediscovering The Roots, which is probably a playlist on Apple Music. This is true. <laughs> and now I have to go look for that. But yeah, it's, it's just I'm, I'm in love with that right now. Glenn, you're, uh, you're something? So uh, mine is Showtime's new cable-free subscription service. Um, and what I love about this is Showtime has taken a very unique route with making their offerings available. They don't just offer it through their own service and through their own app. They've also decided to offer it through Hulu for slightly less than being a standalone offering and PlayStation View. So I really love the fact that Showtime has taken the initiative to integrate what they're offering into other services that people might already have to prevent you from having to download another app or having another subscription that bills separately. Um, very smart thinking on, on their part and uh, a great way to get access to, to all of their excellent content, such as Dexter, which is one of my favorites, and uh, Homeland, which I very much enjoy. Very nice. And do you uh, know what... It's, a, it's $11 a month standalone... Okay. Or nine dollars a month if you bundle it with a different service like Hulu or PlayStation View. 
So if I add it to my Hulu, is it, it do I actually have to subscribe through Hulu to get it? Yes, it resets okay. your subscription renewal date and it adds nine dollars a month to your subscription. So that makes your Hulu fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, seventeen bucks a month. Yeah, about math. sixteen, seventeen, something like that. Perfect. Yeah. That's not bad. I might consider doing it that way because I already pay for Hulu anyway. Yeah, it's a pretty smart way to go, and it gets its own little section in the Hulu app, which is nice. Very nice. Um, my something is the the only way that I'm buying music now, um, which is on vinyl, and it's a service called Vinyl Me Please, and the idea behind it is that every month you get a record delivered to your door. It's like the record of the month. Everyone who's part of the service gets the same record every month, and then they also have the option every month they have a store where you can go out and you can add other records to your your monthly delivery. They ship them to you, deliver it to your door, um, and it's 20 if you pay by the month, it's 27 bucks a month. If you pay for like a year at a time, I think it comes down to 23 bucks a month. And then the add-on records are anywhere between like 15 and 25 bucks a month. Um, but they're custom pressings of all the records. And it's a fun way for me to get music that I haven't heard before. So another discovery tool I'm using basically. Um, and since all of my digital music is now essentially covered in a simple single monthly fee... Uh, my analog way to own music or my tangible way to own music is on vinyl. So it's a service I've been using now for a couple months and I've got some really good records out of it and some that I've never heard before and are kind of surprises to me. Yeah, I'm looking at the website right now. Super Ape? Did you get Super Ape? Super Ape I, Ape, I just got uh, yesterday. So I like the cover. It's it's a fun it's a very fun reggae album uh was the July record of the month. Um in the past couple months I've gotten that. I got a uh, Hot Chip record last month. I got a Manamana record one month. I got <laughs> Father John Misty one month. So it's it's all sorts of music. I mean, I've had from like indie folk type music all the way to reggae to like kind of ambient trancey discoy music. So it's it's been a little bit of everything, and it's it's been super fun. Cool. So I've I've done that now for five six months, and for for twenty three bucks a month or whatever twenty five bucks a month, uh, you get a record, and they give you a, a custom piece of art and a drink recipe, and you're supposed to make the drink while you listen to the record that comes each month. Yeah. Well, that's so, full yeah. service. So I that's, like that. That's that's, that's been fun because nice. it's like. Oh well, you know, make this drink and then sit and listen to this record, and it's supposed to enhance the experience. And, and drink three of these before you start the record. Well, like and you'll love it. One of the records that I got was like, oh well, fill a glass of water, uh, put it on your windowsill, start the record, drink whiskey till the record is over, and then go dump the water on a flower. <laughs> and I was like, that's clever. <laughs> so. Mm. So, it's a fun service, worth worth checking out if you're into listening to music on vinyl is there really any music that's not better with a drink pairing i I honestly can't think of a way for that not to be a good thing that in itself to me that was one of the things that kind of sold me i was like i kind of want to know like is there really a certain type of drink that makes this album better 
So it was more of a scientific concern with you. Yeah, it was it was very scientific. Yes, yes. So enjoying whiskey, I'm sure, had nothing to do with it. Absolutely not. <laughs> so that's uh that's my something of the week. And I'll have a link in the show notes for it at magnificentpodcast.com. And if you use that link, you get a, a free month or a free, uh, a free record with your first month. So yeah, super awesome bonus. So anything else exciting? Any last words? I'm going to behave. (laughs) You could have gone with cheesecake. I, if I say cheesecake one more time, I'll drown in my own saliva. So not too late. Fair enough. All right. Well, with that, my thanks once again to the two of you for joining me today. Uh, as a reminder, you can find Chris on Twitter at CL Hauk. Uh, I'm posting stories on MacTrast.com. You can follow MacTrast on Twitter at MacTrast. Glenn can be found on the Twitter at the Glenja. And you can find me on Twitter at Ian Fuchs. Uh, if you have questions for future episodes, you can send us tweets with your comments or questions or whatever it is with hashtag AskMagnificent. And we'll do our best to get to those. And if you do, if you enjoyed the show, do leave us a rating, review on iTunes, share it with your friends on social media, whatever it is that helps you tell us that you care and you love the show. And uh, with that, thank you too, and we will catch y'all next week. <laughs> we have faith in you, Chris. You'll say something stupid. I get all my ex-wives to listen to this show. We'd have three more listeners.